Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Take a step. Go buy an online course. Go listen to a podcast. Do something that gets you closer to your dream. And for us, if we just take a step every day, that's 365 steps a year. That's a lot of steps towards your goals. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action 
For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best of your listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today I'll be speaking with Paul Tompkins. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm awesome, Theo. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I love you guys, and I appreciate it. Oh, well, that's good to hear, and thank you for joining me today. A little bit about Paul. He's a full-time real estate investor with his wife, Kelsey with seven years of real estate investing experience. They do 30 to 50 flips each year and then hold five rentals each year as well. And Paul teaches students how to flip homes and create wealth with rentals. He is based in Tallahassee, Florida, and his website is Flippin' Experts. That's flipping with no G, just inexperts.com. So Paul, do you mind telling us some more about your background and then what you're focused on today? Sure, Theo. Again, I appreciate it. And thank you for having me. My story is like a little bit of a crazy one because I bounced all over the place. I didn't mean to. It's just kind of the way I was raised and what was in my heart. But I actually started out 18 years old since I was an adult. And I always wanted to serve people. I always wanted to give back to the community. I didn't know what it was. But in my heart, I always wanted to be a police officer. I saw cops and robbers and I saw cowboys and Indians when I was young. And it was big, right? That's what you watch when you were a kid. That kind of ages me, but whatever. That's okay, Theo. I had always wanted to be the good guy, riding in to save people, riding in to help people when they were in need. And that just transitioned into what I wanted to do was be a police officer. But I couldn't do that until I was 21 years old. So I was like, hey, what can I do to still make an impact in the world? And it was to serve my country. So I became a United States Marine. And I did that for four years and loved it. I was overseas three years out of the four but it was time to go be a police officer. So at the age of 22, I started doing that and started getting into what does it take to be in law enforcement, applying and all that. And then I became a Florida state trooper and did that for about nine years and about six or seven years in Theo, that entrepreneur bug kicked in again. It was awesome chasing people. They gave me a gun, a super fast car. And they're like, go catch bad guys. And we're going to pay you. And I was like, I'm in, right? But after Mm -hmm. six years, I'm like, I'm working this really bad part of town and I'm always into something, literally. My sergeant kept saying, you keep looking for the boogeyman, one day he's going to find you. And Mm -hmm. that kind of always stuck with me. And I said, you know what? He's right. And I'm putting a lot at risk. I'm doing shift work, which means 28 days I'm on day shift, 28 days I'm on night shift. The next 28 days I'm on a midnight shift. So family time, you can forget about it. Not seeing my spouse, missing son's football games, and all this for $36,600. I was like, there's got to be something better. And then my entrepreneurship started kicking back in, and I'm like, okay, let me see what's out there. And I started looking at real estate because everybody that I saw that had millions or billions of dollars had some connection to real estate. And I'm like, okay, that's a clue. And that's all I needed. And I started diving into real estate. And back then, there wasn't online courses and Mm -hmm. YouTube and all these things where you can just learn from. And sit here and have a conversation like we're having. And I just had to do it grassroots way. I tried to meet with a local guy in town and I'm like, hey, show me some. And I, you show me some and I'm putting it together and I'm making mistakes, but I'm still making money. And the first two years I did it, I was still a trooper full time, 40 hours a week, still being a trooper. And on the part time side of it, I'm making $300,000 a year in real estate. And I'm like, okay. After my second year, I said, it's time to leave being a trooper. 
I got my feet wet enough. Let's do this. And my coach at that time, the guy was kind of showing me a little bit. He's like, Hey man, just get a little bit more training, get a little bit more flips in, get a couple rentals, figure it out more. And then boom, Oh eight hit. Mm. And the floor came out on everybody. And at that time, I had never been through something like that. I didn't know how to protect myself against something like that. I literally had 12 to 15 deals going on at a time and they all had mortgages of about $900 on them because they were line of credits. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking 12 to 15 grand due a month and the floor falls out. And let's just say I learned a lot of valuable lessons with that. And I went through that and I got rid of those properties and I took a break for a while. I ended up going to Afghanistan for a little bit as a police contractor and helping overseas over there for a while. And then when I came back, I was like, hey, what am I going to do? What do I really want to dive into? And I had met my beautiful new wife at church and me and her hit it off. And we always had a heart for giving back to people, especially to kids. We both were very much into just serving kids. And we teamed up with a local church. We helped them buy this $7 million property And we were going to run it as a youth center for the churches in the area. And we did that for a year. And then one day the church said, hey, we're going to go a different direction with this business because it's so expensive. It's a lot of money. It's not just a couple hundred thousand dollars. You're talking seven, eight million dollars. And they decided to go in a new direction in a single day. Mm. Literally, the CEO drove up because we had moved out of town to help start this. We had moved out of town, sold our house, everything. The CEO shows up one day out of nowhere. He says, hey, I'm coming up tomorrow. I want to meet with you guys at nine o'clock. And I'm like, okay, that's weird because you hardly ever come up. And we knew there might be some shifting, but they had always guaranteed us a job. We knew them and they said, hey, we're done. We're shifting. We're moving it. We don't need your employment anymore. Please have all your stuff off the property by five o'clock and we need your keys. And Theo, my wife just started crying. I actually can't believe how well I held it together, but I'm talking to the CEO and he's asking me questions and I'm actually helping them, which I'm under no obligation to. My wife's crying. And I think it was probably relief in my heart. Like, Hey, this wasn't where I was supposed to be probably anyway, but both of us lost our jobs, a hundred grand plus gone in an instant. We think about COVID and we think about stock market crashes and all that and people losing jobs. And we were there and it wasn't just my paycheck or just my wife's paycheck. All of our money ceased in the matter of a day. And I think we had 13 days left on our insurance. We couldn't move back home. We didn't have proof of income to go buy another house. So we were literally stuck. And I just remember saying, okay, we're going to sit here for 30 days and we're going to really figure this out because we're never going to ever, ever, ever let somebody control our destiny again. No boss, no company. I want to control my own destiny. And during that 30 days, real estate just kept coming to mind. Real estate, real estate, real estate. I had fun doing it. My wife was in design. She understood staging and all these different things, which I wasn't that good at. I'm a dude, so I just go in and do paint stuff, and I thought it was good. So she brought that huge aspect, and then we said, hey, let's do this. And within two weeks, we had two deals under contract, and we were already flipping again. So kind of a crazy story, but- That is very crazy. (laughs) It all came back to real estate, and real estate has always proven to me and to obviously all these millionaires and billionaires that have their money tied up in it that- It's a long-term thing. It's an asset. It's something you can touch. You can feel. Somebody can't take it away from you overnight. You own it. It's yours. So that's kind of my story in a nutshell. When you and your wife both lost your jobs and were taking that 30-day pause to figure out what you're going to do and then decided to do real estate, did you have funds saved up at that point? Did you have a savings account? 
Where do you start when you started this now business of the flips and rentals? Yeah, I think we probably had 15 or 20 grand in the bank. Nothing major. Mortgages are $1,500, car payments, all that. So I knew I had a little bit in the bank, but I knew from doing it previously when I was a trooper that I could borrow hard money, that I could have a partnership with someone where they would fund it and I would do the renovation because I had done so many of them. I had a track history of just doing an excellent job and every house I was doing, I was making forty dollars to $60,000 profit. So it helped me a little bit. So we got 50 to 20K in the bank, 30 days, we're going to do fix and flips. I think you said you quickly got two deals. Tell us about that. So tell us, how did you find these deals? How did you fund these deals? What was the business plan? How much money you made? I don't know if there was even time, Theo, to create a business plan because once we said, let's go, the great thing is I had already done it before. My wife hadn't. She had no idea. She didn't know the first thing about real estate. She didn't know how to flip anything. She didn't even know what a flip was. So kind of getting her up and going, she picked it up very fast. So I guess you would say she's kind of like my first student, but there wasn't really a business plan, but I knew in the past I'd borrowed hard money. So I already knew how to do that. I knew the connection that I had a couple hours away and money's money. So I was able to contact my hard money lender again and say, hey, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm doing. What do you want to do? Yep, yep. I'm still lending money, Paul. You've already done 40 houses with me. I'm good to go. Just send me paperwork. So literally getting financing started that quickly. I know normal money lenders now, you're talking seven to 10 days. So it's still not a very long process, but I had already had a relationship. I also reached back out to a gentleman I was doing deals with already in the Jacksonville area in Florida and said, are you interested in partnering up on some deals? And he's like, actually, I'm exiting with the guy I'm with right now. He wants to branch out on his own. And I have a couple million dollars. I'd love to partner up with you. To be honest with you, it just kind of fell in our lap. We were proactive. We made the phone call. And we still do deals together today. Like two hours ago, we just put an offer in on a $444,000 house together. So those kind of connections, I always keep them. They're very valuable to me. I treat them with respect and they're always end and start. So the hard money person that the person you reached out to, who just happened to be exiting a partnership, is he who brought the deals in or how'd you actually find the deals? No, I actually found all the deals. Some of them were auctions. Some of them were on websites or county auctions. We had cash. So with him having a couple million dollars cash, we're able to do certain auctions that other people can't do, like county foreclosures, short sales. I also immediately reached out to wholesalers in my area. And immediately went to meetups. And here in Tallahassee, Florida, they have meetups all over the place and real estate investors networks. And I just immediately walked in the door and started making contact with the wholesalers. Wholesalers do amazing things for us. And it was pretty easy to get those first two deals. I found one and then a wholesaler brought me one. Okay. What year was this? Yeah, that's a great question. I'd probably say three or four years ago. Okay. So, so three or four years ago. Okay. Yeah. 16 maybe. So how many deals, again, ballpark here, you're doing 30 to 50 a year now, but first year, the second year, the third year, and the fourth year, what was the yeah. flips? When I was part-time, I was probably doing 15 a year consistently, 12 to 15, first year, second year. And then when I went full-time, I would say I was probably 15 my first year, second year is probably 25, third year is probably 40, and then fourth year full-time is probably 40 to 50. Okay. Yeah. When did you start doing the rentals? Probably my third full year. 
And I didn't jump into it. I encourage people not to just jump into rentals because you're tying money up and your return's not as big. So the way I see it, Theo, is my business model is I flip, 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 flip. You get those big returns, those 40, 60, 70, $80,000 checks, and I fund my rentals through them. So I'll flip, 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 have enough money saved up to go buy a rental with cash. So that's kind of my business model. I probably buy one out of every seven or eight I keep as a rental and I get to cherry pick them. And that's what I like because all of them are coming in as fix and flip deals. So I'm buying them at 60 cents on the dollar. I get to do the renovation myself. So I know there's a new roof. I know the AC is good and warranted. I know the flooring is luxury vinyl plank or tile or whatever it may. So when I turn it into a rental, it's turnkey. I'm not going to have to touch this thing for a long time unless it's just simple cosmetics or something like that. So it allows me to cherry pick and go after them versus somebody saying, hey, there's not a lot of equity in this, but it's great as a rental because it's making $300 a month. That doesn't do anything for me. I won't buy it. I need a lot of equity in it as well as great rental per month. Okay. Do you buy them all cash and then do you pull the cash out or does that cash stay in there? About half and half. I'm getting to where I'm leaving it all in there now. It's just that the further along I get, I'm able to do that and I don't need as much cash. If I can leave it in there, I do. I can always pull line of credit against it. And everybody thought I was crazy. Like two years ago, I went to this big conference out West and there's all these mega flippers in there. And we went around the room and they're like talking about it and everybody's paying cash and then pulling it right back out or they're doing money loans or they're doing this. And for me and my wife, our company, I'd rather feel like I'm broke right now while I'm young and leave money in because then I get that whole rent check. If it's a $1,500 rent, I'm getting that whole rent check. It's not oh, I'm paying a $1,200 mortgage, I'm getting $300. And then after taxes and insurance, I'm getting a hundred bucks. That's just not worth it to me. So when COVID hit, that's where everybody understood where I was coming from. And they're like, now we see, because I didn't have a bank come to me and say, hey, we got to do this or hey, this line of credit's going away or somebody can come take my house. I never want it to where like 2008 when that happened, the bank was in control of my life. They said, I want my $900 per mortgage or we're taking the house back. When I leave my cash in it, no one can do that to me. So it's just where I'm at in life. Other people, they're just getting started. They're, hey, I just want to pull that cash out, go do another one. I have enough cash to where I'm doing enough flips right now that I don't need to do more flips or I really don't even desire to hit 100 or 200 because that's a lot more stress. I'd rather find bigger spreads. I'd rather find better deals than more deals. How do you know how much money to take out for yourself to live off of? Is it just a rental income? Is it a portion of the flip profits? Is it just, do you live off the profits of one flip per year? How do you approach that? That is an awesome question. I've never had anybody ask me that, man. That's great. The funny thing is when we first started, we said, hey, we know we can live off this dollar amount. So for the first so many years, we're not going to increase our salary. So if I know I can live off $80,000, $80,000, me and my wife, why would I live off like I'm making $4 million? So what we did is we actually hired a payroll company that writes us a check, takes all our taxes out, like I'm a regular employee for my own company, and she gets a check and I get a check twice a month. So there is no, hey, I just made 80 grand on this house. It's my cash. It's my money. No, that's already reinvested because When I sell that house, let's say I make $80,000, I already have a percentage set aside that goes towards my next fix and flips. And I have another percentage set aside for my rentals. And as I get older, my rental side's going higher than my fix and flip because my fix and flip, I always have that money. So I'm doing more rentals to where 
I have more mailbox money coming in. I consider it like retirement money. That's fascinating. Is it pretty easy to set that up at the payroll company? You just reach out and... It took me 30 minutes. It's a payroll company here in Tallahassee. They say, how much do you want to pay yourself? And I think I started at $2,500 a month. And then my wife was getting $1,500 a month. So we were making four grand. We were around the $50,000 mark. And I think we've only increased it once. For us, we're okay living like that. Now I do write a lot of my travel and expenses and stuff off through my business because it's obviously real estate related. But as far as personally, you never keep that money. That money, that profit, when it goes on the HUD, it says my company name and this amount of money, everybody sees that, the IRS sees that, and that, that just goes right back into my company. So it never comes out in the Paul's pocket. It's reinvested. Really quickly before the money question, I always ask people this question when they are in business with their significant other. What are some of the pros and some of the cons of working with your wife? Is she going to listen to yeah, this? Yeah, act like she's not going to hear any of this. Okay, okay. Actually, <laughs> I get a lot of people ask me that stuff, and I didn't realize how many people are married in real estate. I think it's so cool. So pros, she does things I don't want to do. And I don't mean that in a bad way. She loves design. I don't. She's on Pinterest. She's on design sites. She's drawing out kitchens and knocking walls down and showing me, hey, Paul, this is what I want it to look like. And then I'm kind of executing on that. Whereas I'm a guy and I see a lot of our students do that. If it's just a single guy in the business, they do it like a guy. They're not going to knock a wall down. They're not caring if the kitchen's beautiful and gorgeous. And just by changing knobs and hinges, how much you can change certain rooms and stuff like that. Guys don't think about put all the doorknobs the same color as the hinges, the same color as the doorstop. For guys, we're like, I don't know, go to Ace Hardware and buy some doorstops. I don't care what color they are. So she brings that excellence, I think, to our brand and to who we are. And she's good at things that I'm not good at. And then I handle a lot of things that she doesn't want to touch. She doesn't care how the wall comes down. She doesn't care about the engineer coming out. She doesn't care about this, this, and this, or the finance side of it. I'm doing budgets. I'm doing rehabs. I'm going in houses before we buy them and inspecting them. She doesn't want to do that. She doesn't feel safe sometimes doing that by herself. So we just really complement each other. And the ball just kind of goes back and forth. I think one of the hard parts about it is you live with them, you work with them, you go to vacation with them. So it's a balance you have to set up from the beginning and say, hey, listen, I'm going fishing with the guys once a month. I'm going camping. I'm going this. When I'm doing that, you go do your thing. You go to the spa. You go hang out with your family. You could take a girl's trip to the Bahamas. And having that time, her family lives two or three hours away, so she could go there on the weekends. I'm still here. I'm out hunting, doing my thing. She's there with her family. She's getting refreshed. I'm getting refreshed doing what I like. And it's just balance. Okay, Paul, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Take a step. And it sounds so simple. My students, I'm just like, take a step, take a step, take a step. Whether it's the very first one or it's like, how do I go from 10 houses at a time to 20? Take that initial step and I know it sounds simple, but it's the same with going to the gym. Like, well, I need to go to the gym. Take a step. Go get a membership. Take a step. Fill up your car with gas so you can make it to the gym. Take a step. Eat a protein shake. So for us, it's take a step no matter what it is. If it's in your first rental, well, I don't know how to do it. Take a step. Go buy an online course. Go listen to a podcast. Do something that gets you closer to your dream. And for us, if we just take a step every day, that's 365 steps a year. That's a lot of steps towards Mm -hmm. your goals. Yeah. That's solid advice. 
All right, Paul, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. I didn't even know there was a lightning round. Yeah, I did. I looked oh, it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, first a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Best Ever Conference is almost here starting February 18th. We have over 30 of the best ever speakers in commercial real estate. When you sign up, you are placed in a virtual mini mastermind group to network and gain connections from start to finish. And if you're looking to elevate your investing game, this is the place to be. Visit BEC2021.com and use the code INVEST15 to get 15% off. Okay, Paul, what is the best ever book you've recently read? Oh, Capital Gains by Chip Gaines. The guy on HGTV? Yeah, you can see where he came from, what he's still going through, but he also has a lot of vision for the future, and I, I like that. I'm a simple read kind of guy, but it's packed full. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? Start it up again. What's the deal you've lost money on? How much did you lose and what lesson did you learn? Yes. I only lost money on one deal. I had just got done the renovation and listed it. And a week later, a hurricane hit and mm-hmm. flooded the house four feet. So I had to do the renovation twice and I only lost $8,000. The lesson I learned, which I don't even know if I learned it because you can't buy hurricane insurance in every single house, especially when they're not near the water. So I don't know if I would still put insurance on the property and I still don't. I still carry insurance on all my properties though. If you're near water, get hurricane insurance, I guess. (laughs) On the flip side, what's the best deal you've done? For me, it's more about my students. What's the best deals they did? I just had a student make $98,000 two weeks ago on a Mm. deal. For me, I do deals where I make $100,000, $200,000 twice, three times a year. When you do that many deals. But for my students, I love it when they crush it. I have a student getting ready next week to make about $130,000 on a spread. And this is pure profit. So for me, it's when my students win, I win because I know I'm teaching them right. I know they're getting value out of what I'm teaching and there's relationships there. So them winning is huge. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Ooh, good one. We have a outreach that we do. It's called Flipping to Impact. Kind of matches our name. And we've always done it. It's something that's been in our DNA and it doesn't matter what somebody needs were there for them, especially in our own community where when COVID hit and school shut down, there was kids that couldn't get meals. And we went up to a local restaurant that was struggling. I live in a small town outside Tallahassee. So there's not that many restaurants, I think three. And one of them was struggling real bad. And I made a partnership where I said, Hey, you make all the meals and you feed all these kids that don't have any food and we're going to fund it and pay for everything. So things like that, we build wheelchair ramps in our community for elderly people and stairs and fix some houses. So we're constantly giving back. And I think that's where we get our blessings from. I know somebody's looking down on us saying, hey, if they're just going to keep giving and giving, I'm going to keep blessing them. And I don't do it because of that. I feel like that's just who we are as people. Then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? Ooh, social media is the easiest. Flipping experts go on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Our website, if you're interested in anything real estate that we just talked about, they can go on our website at flippinexperts.com. There's no G, pretty simple, flippinexperts.com. Check out what we have. If we can help them, we will. Happy to give them a discount on your behalf of 10%. 
So I'll send you that information and you can put that in your show notes and all that. But anyway, we can bless them. We have a lot of free training. We have other training that they can pay for at a monthly subscription. That's very cheap. So just any way we can help them, we're all about it. Perfect, Paul. Well, thanks for joining me and telling us your interesting, unique journey to where you are today. I always love hearing the origin story. So we also talked about a lot of practical things as well. We talked about the power of connections and how once you're ready to get back in the game, it was almost like a flip of the switch because of all the connections you had with hard money and previous wholesalers. And you also how you find your deals, auctions because of your ability to buy all cash, wholesalers, meetup groups. And then you talked about your business plan is basically cherry picking the best fix and flips to keep his rentals, buying them all cash so that you get that big rental check. But also going back to the lesson you learned from 08, from your previous business being closed down is to not be controlled by somebody else. That's why you buy properties all cash and it paid off during COVID, that's for sure. We talked about how you pay yourself with the payroll company. And then you gave us some advice on how to work with a significant other, which I think that advice can apply to just relationships in general about setting expectations. And then lastly, your best ever advice was to take one step every single day, whether you're just starting out or a step to scale your business. So Paul, thanks again for joining us. Enjoy their conversation. Best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Theo.